Welcome to this edition of Fastlane, a JCTV podcast. On today's show, Alonzo Chicano joins to talk about the upcoming fourth season of the Blazer Sim Racing in the Pits News Truck Series, which begins this Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern on JCTV. Plus, a first look at Dawson's Domain for Daytona ahead of the Fastlane 250 this Saturday night. We also look at highlights from Friday's DI9 Designs NAR Series Season 13 opener in Las Vegas and the heat races in last month's JCTV Dirt Invitational. Adam Kuhn also spoke with the three fast lane drivers in NAOR post-race for the immediate reactions of Hunter Peach, Donnie Kite, and Zachary Meredith. Brett Bennett is featured on the Juicy Spider Gaming Sim Rig Showcase, and we recap the most recent five weeks in JCTV picks, right here on Fastlane. Alonzo Chicano now joins us in the fast lane. Alonzo, what is uh, your expectations going into the season opening race at Daytona this week uh, for the In the Pits News Truck Series? Been a long time off for a lot of these guys, including yourself. Yeah, we've been uh, out for for a while, but you know we're back now and ready to compete. You know, I'm gonna do what I always try to do and lead. Uh, gonna try to be up front uh, at Daytona. I still think, you know, even though we haven't really had the best of luck uh, the past two seasons um, at these play tracks, who we've let a lot of laps, and I still think that the best place to be is in the lead when it comes to avoiding wrecks. So uh, that's where I'm going to try to be is up front and contend for the win. Hopefully, you know, we need always need a little bit of luck on your side at these kind of races. So... I'm going to try to put myself in the best position to uh, to try to be there in the end. Well, it's going to be a long race. A uh, couple new guys added to this league. Uh, like always, first race of the season. What is the biggest thing you're going to be thinking about doing the race other than trying to lead laps? Uh, is it the guys around you? Is it uh, trying to work up a plan with your, your teams and form a strategy, strategy? Or is it just getting as much points as possible? Uh, well, obviously, it's it's a little bit of a mixture of all of the above. Uh, points is always important, but yeah, I mean, you're right. You know, there's there's new guys, and um, every season that we come back, this league gets stronger and stronger, and it's only going to be more difficult to be competitive in this league. Uh, the more, uh, you know, the more seasons we go on, and coming back now, we have more guys, and guys are going to come back faster and more experienced. So. You gotta try to gauge, you know, who's really aggressive and who's kind of uh, chilling, chilling in the in the pack and seeing who's working together. We also have new teammates as well. Uh, you know, I feel like uh, Josh Coppernell's team is gonna be really, really strong this season. Uh, of course, Michael Kruger was a, a big competitor last season, but. Uh, now, you know, he has some other teammates that are going to be right there with him competing, I feel like. So that's that's a team that's I feel like is going to be one to look out for, uh, besides, obviously, Radius Racing. Well, looking past this Saturday at Daytona, the next Saturday it, we're going to be at Homestead, Miami. If I remember correctly, you didn't race that uh, when it was in the playoffs at the very end of last season. Uh, so what is going to be your biggest takeaway um, going into that race with a limited practice you're going to probably do and 
experience that you have there in the past. Uh, what are you going to have to put forward for that race, just being the second race of the season? Yeah, that's going to be the real test, I feel like, on on who is really going to be like contenders all, all season long. Uh, we did a, a race that was, it was a recruitment race at Homestead, and Ethan uh, was really, really fast. I mean, uh, he he won the race and I finished second, but I, it was one of those deals where really no one had anything for him, so I feel like he's going to be really fast there. Uh, Justin has gotten to be really, really good at these mile and a half two mile tracks and he's gotten to be really good at saving um so i feel like those guys are, are gonna be really tough to compete with it's going to be a test to see where you stand compared to everybody else uh, as in you know how well you save your tires how well you uh you pace yourself to have that long run and really see you know uh where you can gain that track position to put yourself in a good position for those long runs. Looking a little bit later down in the season towards the fall, when we get towards the playoffs and the chase, uh, the regular season finale is going to be at Talladega. We are going back to the Talladega doubleheader, shorter races this time around. What are your expectations trying this again and this time ending the regular season off with it? Um, personally, I love it. I mean, you know, it's hopefully by that time you're you're pretty well set. Um, you want to go into it in a position where, you know, you know where you stand. Uh, my goal is obviously to be locked into the playoffs well before that. So for me, uh, you know, I just want to go into those races and just have fun, try to, again, lead laps and go for the win. But, you know, not put yourself into a position where uh, it's Talladega, you know, so you never know what's going to happen. Um, they're probably going to be chaotic, just like they always are. So as long as you go into it, knowing where you stand, uh, it should be it should be a lot of fun. I really look forward to, to the doubleheader. And speaking of the playoffs and the chase format is a little bit different for season four uh doing the elimination style like the 2016 format in real life so what is uh the, your expectations with that and what was the big determining factor of switching this back this uh, format up from what we've done the last couple seasons well you know we uh we're a lead that we try to do uh, not everything but a lot of things that tr can translate to to real life truck racing and Obviously, you know, that's that's what they're doing nowadays is the elimination style. And we've tried to do the chase style, which is personally my favorite. I've always been a huge fan of the chase style, uh, you know, postseason or not postseason, but playoffs type uh, championship. But uh, the the problem with that is that. As you get later on in the playoffs, you, you start to see, you know, who's going to really compete for the championship. And, um, you know, unfortunately, the way leagues are is that, you know, if if you don't really stand a chance, then you don't really have that motivation to make that next race. So uh, how the elimination playoffs, uh, the good thing about that is that it sets yourself up to 
even if you're an underdog, if you win a race, you know, you're on to, to the next uh, stage, and you never know what can happen from there. So it, I feel like we're going to see some people that maybe you might not expect make it farther, and maybe some people that you would expect to make it farther maybe uh, fall out a little bit early. So it should be interesting. Um, I look forward to it. Even though I am going to miss the, the chase style, I feel like it's going to be good for the league on the long run. And so ending the season off, this time is going to be at Auto Club Speedway after two years at Kansas, or two seasons at Kansas. Uh, how do you think that race is going to be? We've gone to California before and have a few, had a, some races at Fontana. They've worked really well in the past, I've thought. Uh, what do you think that race is going to play out when we get there on October 28th? Yeah, I mean, I I love Auto Club. You know, I, I love the racing there in sim. I love the racing there in real life. I think it's an awesome track. It's one of my favorites. And it provides great racing. It's, you know, uh, you have that multi-groove type racing, which is always great no matter where you are. And it's it provides, you know, a show for, for people to watch. It's something that you don't want to miss every time we go there. and uh you know i have my memories of racing an auto club in the pits news is racing against cam a few times and um wrecking him on accident by bump drafting down the back straightaway and uh i've gotten wrecked there and i've raced good i've raced well i should say i feel like i kansas um but i've you know, always just fallen a bit short or just gotten caught up in something. Um, so it's a track I really like um, and a track I feel like I can be competitive at. So I look forward to getting a, a new shot at it. And, you know, what better than making it the season finale and uh, ending, you know, season four here in the Pitts News trucks. Well, I've already touched on a few of the new additions to the schedule um, or changes uh, for Season 4, but we have some new races and shakeups as well in the regular season. What are some of them that you're looking forward to? I know uh, there was a big push to get certain tracks on the schedule, and what are some new ones that we're looking forward to this upcoming year on JCTV? Yeah, there's a whole bunch of great changes to the schedule. I mean, it it's something that me and Cam really thought a lot about and took us a few weeks of going back and forth and uh you know at the end of the day it's impossible to make everybody happy because everybody has different tracks that they like and that they don't like etc so um i feel like this is as close as you can get to at least having uh, as many people as uh, as possible to agree on uh, on a solid schedule uh you know me and cam worked on this and then we got the input from from a lot of the people in the league and uh we got some really exciting stuff coming up you know we have the roval is back of course but i really look forward to having it be a later race uh as in like in sim in sim time is gonna be later uh i it's not a track that i'm necessarily great at but i feel like it being cooler and and at night or at sundown is going to be good for me just so I don't, you know, less chance of me spinning out, even though I probably still will. 
And we have USA. We're going to be racing at USA, which is awesome. I've always loved that track. I really look forward to that a ton. It's an awesome uh, short track. And also, we're going to be going to Rockingham. Uh, and I feel like that's going to be a really good race. You know, it's uh, Rockingham's this like weird, funky little track that's kind of a short track, but kind of not. So I think it, it's going to be uh, it's going to it's going to be good to make our way over there for the first time and under Pitt's new truck history and seeing how that goes. You know, and that's the great thing about this league is that you know we can test out different things, and sometimes they work, sometimes they don't, but uh you know last last season we had some tracks that didn't really race that well so we kicked those to the curve and we're replacing them with uh with some tracks that we haven't done before and trying some new things out seeing how it goes well before we let you go here on fast lane uh any sponsors you want to shout out here tonight yeah for sure well first of all you know i want to i want to thank uh jctv for uh Letting us do fast lane. I want to thank In the Pits News uh, for being one of our biggest sponsors, sponsoring the league and sponsoring me and Radius Racing. Uh, Grid Network, always one of our biggest supporters. Uh, Habaneros Mexican Grill and uh, my newest sponsor, Not Famous Racing Apparel. Uh, make sure to check out Not Famous Racing. Uh, check out their website and you can use code Chicano for a discount at checkout. All right, awesome. Thanks, Alonzo, for taking your time out tonight and joining Fastlane. Thank you, Adam. It's been a pleasure. The end of Pitts News Truck Series and Tyler Watermullen will do battle. I'm going to show you what to and not to do in this race in here with Oscar Enriquez. And you'll see here the first thing we're going to do, we're going to show you how to bump draft, but you don't want to make too much contact or you wipe yourself out. Oh, Andrew, last just They ask you how you are, you just have to say that you're fine when you're not really fine, but you just can't get into it because they would never understand. The biggest key to Daytona is finding yourself a partner that's going to work with you throughout the race. You can see here where me and Oscar link up and kind of just work together in the draft. It's something you're going to see a lot of these guys doing here tonight, and we've seen it work successfully like we saw last season with David and Justin Duran as they were able to work their way to the front and go for the win, pushing each other to first and second. Dalton Kelly once again with help from Jeremy Richmond. They're going to make contact on the back. It is now four trucks left trying to make it happen. David Aranda ahead. David might have it. It will be David Aranda winning at Daytona. Last thing you want to do is push not square on the bumper, Oscar. Careful with the pushes and you'll be able to make it. Just don't push in the corner. And that's a good example what not to do.
Oh, around go. goes Parker, Siciliano, Chicano, Caldwell involved as well. Parker saved it, but the Andrew to lead that lap. Oh, Andrew will ask around. Dawson Allen around. Brett Bennett around. They're gonna get into Nick Gordon. Michael Another key is going to be making your pit stops. You're going to want to get together with your partner or get together with your group and get down. You don't want to speed and you want to make sure you get onto that pit road as safe as can be and ready to go with your teammates. Just as smooth as you entered, you want to exit together as a group and be ready to get this back going and get back out there and get back up to speed as quickly as possible. And when it comes down to it at the end, you want to make sure you're in the right spot to put your truck in victory lane and become the fourth different winner here at Daytona. All that matters is keeping that truck behind you, behind you. He's going to make a move. you got to make sure if he gets that run, he's going to get the pass. You don't want to let him go. And that is the reason why I have yet to win in this series. This has been your first ever episode of Dawson's Domain here at Daytona. Ah, oh, a lot of work. Ah, oh, and it at the end. A lot of work to do. Now it's time for the Juicy Spider Gaming Simric Showcase, and joining us today is Brett Bennett. Uh, Brett, start off with the basics. What kind of computer are you racing on when we see you race on JCTVs every week? So I've recently upgraded with thanks to Brian Haynes of Mart on PC for building me a computer from that's it's one of his uh, custom builds. Got a I'm crap with computer stuff, so but it's got a Nvidia GeForce RTX. I believe it's a let me pull it up before I say wrong and give his product wrong. But overall, it's a great product. Um, I've had very little issues. The only issue I had was user error on my part, because apparently one of the cords just from being shipped got it got jostled a little while it shipped, and it would come just slightly loose. So it would cause some issues for a little bit. But once I got that taken care of, I've had literally no issues at all with the with the computer, which compared to my previous computer, which would crash every like two races I would do is a major improvement. So not having to worry about whether my computer will work each race, I think performance-wise has really improved me just in general. I think in the last season in ITPN, once I had that new computer, I really the results really started to show, and I think we'll end up in victory lane this year thanks to that. So, yep. So also, if you want the... Uh, Specs on it are, it's a 32 gigabyte DDR5 5200 Ryzen 5 76,000X processor, uh, RTX 3070 Ti um, GPU, I believe. 
as far as I know about computers, is I press the power button and it turns on. It's definitely fan-cooled, based on the six fans running right now. Um, I don't know if there's liquid cooling. I don't think there is, but there might be, because I'm very unaware of stuff like that. All I know is, as far as cooling goes, I've had no issues with temperatures, which was another thing I had major issues with on my previous laptops that I would use for iRacing, so... All right, so looking at the uh, picture here that uh, the viewers will be able to see as well, I see three pedal setup, looks like a Thrustmaster wheel, if I'm correct. Uh, so what kind of wheel and pedal set do you actually use that helps get you around the track? So I actually use a Logitech wheel, but a Thrustmaster pedal. So I, when I initially started sim racing, it was during the pandemic. I bought a Logitech Momo wheel on eBay that was used for like, $50 because I wanted to see how cheaply I could do it. Got it in the force feedback, didn't work. So later that week, I bought a G29 that I probably paid way too much for because that was at the height of the pandemic and everything being expensive is super expensive to try to get into sim racing. But um, and I've been very happy with that ever since. That's been my wheel since I started sim racing. Um, I've had no issues with it. Um, as far as pedals, I initially used the G29's default pedals that came with it. But then I decided to update to a uh, Thrustmaster TCLM pedals so I could get a with load cell brake, which tremendously helped my road racing. I'm still bad at road racing, but that's all between the wheel and the pedals, not the not on the pedals or the wheel. It's just I'm not that good at it. But performance-wise, especially even short tracks, that's been really helpful having a load cell pedal compared to a potentiometer one because it's a lot easier to brake to get your braking right when you can base your braking like a real car instead of like instead of based on how far you can move a pedal which isn't obviously how it works in real life so that's been a good that's been an upgrade I'm very happy with I think if I upgrade anything in the future probably next I'll probably eventually upgrade to a direct drive wheel but I got other things I'm spending money on right now yeah I actually uh, have these same set of pedals and I have to say that I, I love them uh, a lot, and uh, having that, mm-hmm, yep, having that uh, load cell uh, break has uh, tremendously helped me in my iRacing uh, adventures, um, so... Uh, yeah, I mean they're they're a great set of pedals. Um, another thing I want to bring up is, uh, you know, I know personally that uh, you used to use um, a VR when you race, and then upgrading to this uh, computer, you got a a widescreen. So, um, no longer using the VR. What's been kind of the um... the difference yet? Yeah, the the difference in getting used to going from VR to a widescreen. I will say, I'd say I actually, in a lot of ways, preferred VR. The problem I had with VR is my previous computer, the performance, was not there to successfully do VR. Eventually, I want to get VR set up on this computer, but I got the widescreen monitor, and I've had a lot of success with it. I like I really like the perspective you get with the widescreen in terms of being able to really tell where your car's at at almost in some ways is better than vr and your ability to tell especially what's to the left and right of you 
Um, VR was nice, especially like for restarts. You could really just like being able to look over at the car next to you, especially like if you're restarting outside front row. Was that was really helpful? But overall, I've been very happy with the ultra wide. It's been it's it's a difference, but I think in terms of performance, an ultra wide compared to VR are very similar in what you're getting and what it provides. It's just whether you can get VR with VR just requires a lot more performance from the computer and tends to look, you have to sacrifice other graphic performance a lot of times for that. I don't know if I'd have that issue on this computer. As I said, I haven't tried it. I probably could, wouldn't sacrifice that much because I'm not running nearly full. I'm not, you, this computer has a lot more power to possibly run that, but that's something I've been very happy with. I was going to add on the pedals. The only issue with the pedals, which I don't know if you've ever had, Josh, but is the load cell is sticky if you're not careful. You have to recalibrate it occasionally. And if I'm bad about recalibrating it, I've before had it where, I don't know if you remember that ITPN race, at, the last ITPN race at Martinsville, but about halfway through that race, there was a restart where I restarted like third and everybody passed me and y'all thought I, my car was like broken or something. That's because my brake pedal stuck on and I didn't realize it for a lap and a half that my brake pedal was sticking on the straight. So everybody was just driving by me because I was like at like, 10% brake on the straights. And the rest of that race, I had to pull out the brake pedal with my toes every single corner. So that was fun. But yeah, uh, other, other than that, I'm super happy with those. And the, the monitor's been a great purchase. I think the widescreen really gives you a great perspective in terms of being able to tell where you're at and being able to get a good feel for what the car's doing. I think last thing I want to talk about. Uh... I feel like is one of the most important uh, aspects of sim racing is, uh, you know, the chair. Uh, what kind of chair do you have? Uh, is it, you know, one that rolls? Is it in place? Uh, and uh, how comfy are you when you're sim racing? So when I first started sim racing, I used, I lived in a college dorm at the time. So I was using a basic plastic back, plastic bottom chair. And after like three races, I decided that was a mistake because I'd get from every race and my ass would be killing me and my body would just hurt because there was no support. So then I went and bought a GT Racing gaming chair off of Amazon for like, I forget how much it was. It was like the, it was the cheapest gaming chair that was also seemed to perform, that had good reviews and good performance because I didn't want to spend like $500 on a chair, but I got it for like, I think somewhere like between 100 and 200. I'm not sure where at. And uh, was able to get that, um, build it. I've taken it with me now. It's been with me from Waco to Memphis, back to Waco, and now to Nebraska. So it's been a really good chair. Um, it's on wheels, which is the only annoying thing. I have a rug right behind me that at least kind of holds it in place. And But I have had one or two times where I've accidentally, if I like get too animated on the pedals, I'll end up sliding backwards, and then I'll have to try to readjust in the middle of a race, which is never fun. But... Um, yeah, but overall, very happy with that too. Like, because if you're not, you don't have a good chair, you're just going to be dying every race, and it's just not fun. All right, thank you, Brett, for joining this week's edition of the Juicy Spider Gaming Sim Rig Showcase. And now back to Fastlane. Close back up to the bumper, Jonathan Parker now. 
Oh, is Moreno having a little bit of blinking there? Hopefully that clears up as we come across the line this time. 13 to go from Vegas. It's anybody's race if you're in the top six. Heck, even the top 10, I could say at this point. The way the top five are nose to tail, it's anybody's race. Yeah. still having blinking issues. Yeah, you mentioned these top five. They are only half a second ahead of that battle for that P6 uh, fight that is now between Happy Egg and Ruiz as uh, Donny Kai has fallen to the ninth position in this battle for the lead side-by-side. -side. Poker on the inside. We know that's not where he wants to be, but he made that slide job look earlier. Diving again in turn one, but Miranda is going to have the power back through the exit of two. I know pulls off. We're getting ready to go green here. Green flag, green flag. Moreno takes off, and the rest of the field is going behind him. Seven laps to go. Six laps, actually, from Vegas. And no shock here at the top two single filing out, but side by side still with Peach and Wright. And Parker's going to look to the inside of Moreno there on the exit of two. He has the run. I think we're going to be three wide, wide into three. Three wide for the lead. Hunter Peach is going for it. Moreno got tight in one and two, and that's what allowed this to happen. Peach, Peach had to the, the lead. Open. They're wrecking behind Nick Happier. Wygent. Jose oh, Ruiz. Andrew Chapman. Chapman. Chase McGuire. Andrew Green piles in, and a lot more cars still wrecking in, into. Wow, huge wreck. It, First Wake out on his side there. You see what happened there. Happy Act oh, washed me. up into Wygen a little bit, and Layman goes over. Yeah, Jones is in it. Nick Chapman, Layman. McGuire. You see the 25. That's uh, that's Andrew Green sliding in there. The 69 involved in another one. A lot of drivers in that wreck there. Yeah, Jonathan, you were right. You called it. We were not done wrecking. Somehow, Pacey Wygen drove away from that. He looks relatively unclean, and he was the first one to spin, really. As we jump back live here, Pacey Wygent does actually look clean. Not sure the damage on that double zero looks like mostly just to his right rear. Yeah, right rear is definitely chewed up, but other than that, somehow it looks fine. And back up front... As we mentioned, it looks like I'm having a couple issues with the loading. Go back to TV2 for that. Sorry about that, folks. Not sure what's going on there, but back up front. Hunter Peach, that three-wide move paid off for him at the right time because now he's the first one to choose which lane he gets, and he assumes the lead. Yeah, I was mentioning uh, he... All started with Ethan Moreno getting tight in the center one and two. He pushed up to clear Jonathan Parker so they could take over the one two positions, but uh, races do not get extended in an AOO. Checkered flag falls when the checkered flag is meant to be fallen, and we're only going to get one shot here, one lap to do it, so uh, this is it. We're going to get one okay. lap, we're going to get the green flag and go, and whatever happens off two and four is what happens. We'll see how they stack them up. And I got to bring up the point. Josh Arnold, back from 23rd, is in the top 10 right now. We'll 
see what any of these drivers are willing to do to get a win or get a good finish here in this season opener for NAOR. We go one lap shootout, pace car down pit road, field in the hands of Hunter Peach. He takes off, we are green. One more lap to go here at Vegas. Who gets back here first? Peach is gonna lead them out of one and two. We'll see if Jonathan Parker has anything for Peach. He does have a run. Looks like it's coming to the outside. Peach trying to block. He's not able to. Parker getting a shot from Chris Wright. Chris Wright gonna dip to the inside. Peach just ever so slightly ahead. Who gets the line first? It's a drag race. Jonathan Parker's gonna finish in first. I think Chris Wright's gonna get credited with second as Hunter Peach finishes third sideways. Sideways in the grass. He never quit driving that. He's, he never really wrecked. He just drifted down the entire front straightaway. Comes to rest right at the pit exit. But what a finish there. Jonathan Parker using that middle line we talked about all night. He used it to his advantage and he used it right there to the checkered flag over Hunter Peach and Chris Wright. Remarkable job up to second. What a finish there, Jonathan. Absolutely. What a finish. And just going down your finishing order here tonight. We'll start with your top 10. Your first place finisher is going to be that 92 of Jonathan Parker. Fastlane, a JCTV podcast, is sponsored by FACES, the National Craniofacial Association. Live here from USA International Speedway. This is uh, dirt racing. JCTV. Uh, Invitational, presented by Fastlane. I am Josh Copperwell. I'm joined by Adam Kuhn. Adam, I know we're both looking forward to this race, but uh, before we get into more discussion of this race, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Excited, for, like you mentioned, for this race. It should be a phenomenal race, but I'm doing well. Um, Josh, this is something we've been planning pretty much all year. And um, the idea of it has changed and shifted just a little bit, but uh, it's finally here, and uh, it's race night for the JCTV to Invitational, and a little fun here in the offseason for NARR and ITPN while uh, we get ready for those leagues to start up next month. Yeah, so you mentioned, you know, NAOR and, and ITPN. Um, you know, this this race, basically what it is, is it's an invitational of, of drivers from all three of our series. Um, you know, the MFRD Sled Job Racing League as well, um, which uh, they're still going in their season. Um, you know, where, where uh, the DI9 Designs anywhere series and BSR ITP on Truck series are on uh, off weeks or off their off season, as you mentioned. So. Capiac definitely one to watch. The pace truck is in. We're about ready to go green. And the green flag is waving. Beat number one here at USA International. Let's see the different lines. Drivers are taken. Yeah, PC Wygen was able to clear for the lead easily in turn one. Uh, Happy Act fell to third, though. Canfield was able to get around it for that second position. Oh, man. Nick Happy Act looking to the outside of Canfield. Wants that position back. Meanwhile, Roy Crump 
B4. He's trying to make sliders happen. Yeah, he's up a position already past Noah Mayuri, so he's trying to catch that lead trio right there. And Pacey Wygent has gapped Canfield and Happy Act by considerable amount into two and one this time by. Yeah, he has look at Nick Happyak trying to put his nose underneath Canfield. Canfield loose. They might make contact there on going down the back straightaway. Slight bit of contact, not nothing to be uh, unheard of in you know street stocks and on dirt. Um, and we saw that just happen back in the background. Noah Mary got into Roy Crump. Um, these two, you know, battling hard for the second spot, but that is allowing the double zero of Pacey White to just run away as Canfield gets up into the wall through turns one and two, and that puts him in a three wide spot heading down the back. Yeah, Roy Crump took big advantage of that, trying to put Noah Mayuri in the middle. Noah's going to back out of that going to turn three while Crump uh, commits to the bottom, trying to get by, uh, past Canfield for third. Another thing to realize with this, too, this is only six cars. In the main event, we're going to have 20 drivers duking it out. Um, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Just watching them battle here, just three cars, you know, in a tight group. But now when we get to the main event, when it gets to 20, it is going to be a battle. Pacey Wygent has just driven, continued to drive away, guys. The white flag is flying, and he's almost on straight away by himself. He's going to go into turn one with uh, over a three-second lead now. comfortable and uh, going into turn three checkered flag is waving it is going to be Pacey Wygen taking home heat number one Nicano and Brett Bennett of course Brett Bennett currently P2 in this heat there you go battle on track is actually between Tyler Watermelon, Alonzo Chicano, and Nathan Lehman, and then battle for P2 is Brett Bennett, Jeffrey Armiston. Yeah, those are the battles on track. Everyone else, uh, Kaden Atkins has driven away, and Anthony Mosho having trouble getting the handling of that car, but Kaden Atkins is going to come here and get the white flag. Yeah, I won't lie to you guys. I, uh, I convinced Anthony Marshall to do this last minute, so he's just out here trying to do his best. Okay, Matt Kings through turns three and four for the final time. Gonna slide it off turn four. And Kate Matt Kings will be your winner of heat number two. Brett Bennett taking a third, or a second rather. Oh, but right there, the 420 car just missed the bottom again. That's going to be costly as now the set, the 174 pulls right back up to that back bumper. I'll tell you what, I'm surprised Smith didn't get into the wall. Uh, he is really pushing it. And now, yet again, he's opened that door for this 174. Oh, you see how sideways he is. The bottom is slick right now, but it's still the line to go to. He's going to brush up in front of Brian Smith. Those two drivers are wheeling it. White flag is out. Smith, he goes all the way to the bottom. Brian Smith looking for the slider line on exit. Going to leave the 174 room. 
Coming to the line, we'll see who takes second. Right now, first is gonna be locked up by Braden Holt. Who's gonna get here for second? Brian Smith pushes the 174 wide, and that's gonna be what gets him to second. Takes the win, Smith P2, Justin Burnham, P3, Jonathan Parker, P4, Doss Stalin falling back to 5th. Now it's time to hear from the fast lane drivers from the Season 13 NARL Series Season Opener at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. What do you want me to do with my hands? Yeah. <laughs> 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 yes. I need some water, hold on a minute, hold on. <laughs> I need some water. I've already <laughs> drank two bottles of water. <laughs> I'm going to be behind you. Joining us now on Fastlane is the third, fourth, and fifth place finishers at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Uh, the race just got done a little less than an hour ago, guys. I'll start off with Hunter. Uh, Hunter Peach in the 20 car. You were in the lead in the last couple of laps on the last, uh, really, the white flag shootout. Come home third. What was the the last lap like from your seat and drifting across the line pretty much? Uh, fun, very very fun. Um, I really, I have a lot of history with Jonathan Parker in other leagues. He's a great driver. He's improved. Uh, me and him battled at Vegas in the past, but I don't know. I don't know why the car shot to the inside when I hit him. I <laughs> wish it didn't do that, but overall it was. Chaotic. I didn't want a one-lab shootout in a 550 package. We all know how that goes. Not very fun to do. A lot of blocking. But tried my best. Came a little bit short, but I had a blast doing it. And uh, Zachary, you were right there in the mix uh, most of the night as well, uh, rebounding to fourth after those restarts. Uh, what was it like yourself being in the middle of the chaos there in those last two restarts we had at the last ten laps? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I got I got stuck a lap down. So I mean, I went from running third the entire race to going to twenty fifth, a lap down, getting a wave around, driving from twenty fifth to fourteenth, and then from fourteenth to like fifth or sixth on that second to last caution. And man, I I don't know how I dodged that one wreck. I literally turned turned my wheel straight to the left and drifted down the front stretch, and then uh, that last. One lap shootout. I was just hoping that the front three would just, I don't know, somehow either get together or spin their tires and whatnot. But I mean, running third the entire race and and coming home fourth, I can't complain, especially when I led like a few laps. So that helps me a little bit in the standings. Yeah, and the fifth place finisher, Donny Kite, you were rebounding to a top five finish. What was that like? Because Every time Jonathan and I looked on the broadcast, we would see you struggling with the handling of that car and making your way up slowly, but you were able to be up there in the mix at the end. Yeah, I was uh, maybe going a little heavy on trying to save tire. I haven't figured out the balance of when to push it, when not to push it yet. And I don't know, I guess the caution fell just right. Uh, the first caution, or maybe may have been the second caution, whatever it was. I was like 12th, and I would have, after the pit stops, I would have mired back in like 22nd or something. But since I was able to pit from 12th, I came out 12th, and was able, I was just like, fuck it, I'm gonna full bore it from here. And yeah, I just missed a couple of wrecks, and uh, 
had one hell of a last restart, put it all almost in the grass to <laughs> I think I took him four wide for a second, but yeah, managed to crawl it back up to fifth. I was hoping I could beat Zach off the final corner, but he had that run on the outside. Uh, so before we started recording, uh, a couple of you guys were talking about passing tonight, and I've heard a couple of different drivers uh, other than you guys already uh, bring this up. So I'll start with Zach. Since you uh, mentioned driving through the field a couple of times there in those last couple of restarts yourself, how was passing uh, for that 17 machine? Uh, did you have a preferred line getting around guys? Uh, me personally, I tried to essentially diamond the corners starting um, in the middle and then diamonding it straight down to the bottom in every on both sides of the track. But uh, in the first in the first run, it was so hard to pass because there was no grip on the track anywhere. So you were essentially just following the leader. But once once we could put some rubber down and track got rubbered up it was it was pretty you could you could pick your lane on what you wanted to do but i i preferred the middle and the bottom picking uh picking my spots see zach i'm kind of like you it's kind of like opposite like i like i was the same with you diamond it i was assuming you run like the first seam i assume on entry mm -hmm. yeah i ran about like right there drove it down and kind of like i say about like 34 37 laps to a run you can kind of see people kind of fell off but like i noticed the passes had to be made on the outside they were not going to be on the bottom but it's i didn't race around y'all much i just noticed when i got the parker in them and ethan they they really loved the pinch down so i really couldn't just do a slide job or anything to really get a run i could get there and it was just a bubble and I tried the outside and get a run, but just can't get to the corner to the side. You have to pull him back, and it was just kind of just coring effect. How to get to him, but it's just there's no way to get to him. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't help with the 550 package. You just don't have the horsepower to to muscle your way around him. So you really have to build up a run, too, which didn't help. But Yeah, I was kind of the same as you were. Shit, I, mean, I don't know about you guys, but when I when you're way in the back like that and you got all these new names out there, I'm just looking for any familiar name possible. And the first one oh, I come I was, across. I was, I was back there to my first pit stop. That was not fun. I, I got stuck back there with Jose and I think it was um it was Mike Campbell. And then man, Mike Campbell was slow on the bottom and then next thing up was like Jose was getting frustrated. He was going three and all that and I gotta run. I was like, I'm going three. I'm like, screw it. I'm like, we're just going to go because I had to make up time. And I was like, I could tell how different it was back there compared to like being up there with you and you, Donnie, and Zach. Like, it was just like the pace feels so off. Like, I shouldn't be back here. It was not fun. It was, it was miserable back there. I, I didn't know anybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, I, yeah, like I started fifth and when I was running top three the whole race up until that first caution, I left like. 99 or 100 and then after that oh my lord it was seeing all these other people and not knowing where they're gonna go and how they're gonna race man it was so sketchy no speaking of that first yellow so i was racing up there and then i started getting around jose and i started kind of like gaining on Uzak and like starting back on the third i was trying to get within a 10 second you know maybe short pit it do some off strategy to catch back up to jonathan and i pit the same time he did i just overcooked it and then the wall 
But no, like as soon as I was going to three, I saw a car get loose. Someone just gets sent up in the wall. I don't know who it was. And then they come back down the track and someone below me just Arca breaks and just goes dead straight into them. And I'm like, well, that should be a yellow. And it is like no yellow. And they were coming back on the channel. Like, oh, there it is. <laughs> it was wild. Well, you guys uh, mentioned it being wild out there. This isn't going to be the only time I'm going to be heading to Las Vegas this season. It's going to end up the championship race when we come back in September. It's going to be way different track conditions. Uh, how is that going to suit these Gen 6 cars when we return? Um, I, shit, I if it's a different it time of day. I'm going to assume it's be the same. It's just, it might be a little bit more grid. I don't know if he's going to have a complete night or it's going to go from a day to a night. I mean, it just—I mean, it just depends on the time of day and the temperature. Because I mean, if it's at night, we're gonna have a lot more grip, and our tires aren't gonna wear as bad. Because I mean, we're, our tires were below the twenties on almost every pit stop. So I mean, at, in the night, that's not gonna happen. But in the day race, if it starts as a day race and transitions to night, that's gonna be a learning curve. But if it's just a straight night race, I mean, as long as our practice is in the night, I mean, we'll we'll have something leading up to it when that time comes, but. I would certainly be hoping for a day tonight, kind of give us a mix of both, you know, give us a hot slick in the beginning and then. Oh, it would be day. an adjustment. Uh, I'll tell you that. I mean, it was I, even, like, I had to do adjust like... my car hard. I like, I had to adjust everything after that first run because so my I've, tire I've was like 12%. Like few, I've done a few testing off of like, I just random tracks that we go to. And, like, I noticed that Kentucky and Kansas, for example, like, I threw it into a session, like, 7 o'clock, and it's had, like, times 4 and let it go into the night. And I get a base of, like, okay, what's a generic day to a night, you know, get that mid-sun. And I noticed that Kansas, you can't hold it wide open, and it would just lose the rear end. But when it hit nighttime, I could hold it wide open. It was just a whole different... And it was like that today, like, I noticed, like, at Vegas, like, on that... Then left to go restart. It would not stick on the bottom, holding wide open, but begin to run it kind of like it kind of did. It was just treacherous. You just want to be on the outside. That's I did. The same way, Donnie. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the next time we go back, not only because it's going to be the championship race, um, but because if you look at like the end of that race, everybody finally had an idea of what they needed to do with their car, and the aggression level. <laughs> It just went way up, and then I think everybody's going to be like that. If we have the same class of drivers going into the final race, everybody's going to be uh, <laughs> well, energy is going to be high. Hopefully, we just don't have a one lap shootout again because that was yeah. that was interesting. When I seen that come out, I was like, "This is going to be a one lap shootout." This like, it, it's really going to be a one lap shootout. I didn't I expect about, it. I thought about going outside, but I was like, "I think inside's the way to go." And it was well, like, the inside's the way to go. To start it, but once you get to the back stretch, because you usually clear the second person going into the turn one, or at least That's in turn two. That's hard to when they're getting a push from behind. Like you just can't block. They them. they didn't. Well, yeah. I mean, it's like that at Michigan other tries when they get so big of a run, you just can't block in these cars. It's just you're kind of just done. I just got too far out, and it's like I don't know what to do. <laughs> no, it's I could definitely tell after after that second yellow with 33 laps to go. The aggression was definitely going to pick up. I mean, people were just not going to lift. And I mean, I, I drove 
literally the wheels off my car just to get to 14th. I'm trying to make up ground, dude. I literally... I was slicing and dicing, dude. I could show you clips of me just slicing and dicing through my way through the field. I almost went like four wide trying to get like two spots just to get closer and closer to the field. No, I think I think the chance rates would be very interesting because everybody's kind of got a base of like what short pitting does, bases, what running longer does. I know a lot of people ran long. Some people short pitted. Some ran about a medium. There was a lot of mixed strategies that that race went green, but I think Ethan and Ethan and Jonathan were probably the two class. They were such a big advantage. I mean, there was definitely a lot of strategies. I think people were just doing a lot of trial and error, trying to learn it. And this is a championship race, which, I mean, that's the same with next week. We go to Iowa. I mean, last race for that championship. I mean, it's just more just take these first two races, learn them, and kind of see what works, what doesn't. You know, you come out with the win, you come out with the win. I, I, I will say I don't understand the 93 or... What was it? Ethan's 43, right? That's his number. I don't understand his choice of doing right side tires and not pit stop. I don't. I, I don't know. I, I thought about right tires I, might be the way. I knew somebody would. I just don't think it was going to work. But, I mean. Yeah, because be I'm fair, like, there, like there six laps no, to go. And you have the entire no field on four versus two. Yeah, no exactly. Overtime, so, I mean, you get lucky with the yellow and, you know. Well, even track. still, even still, if he didn't wreck in that big wreck, he still would have had to fend off another one lap shootout. I don't think he would have held off because I mean that was only off of one lap too. That was one lap, and he was already getting going four wide with everybody. So I don't think it would have worked out. But that's just me. Yeah, that's something I wanted to bring up uh, to really all of you. Uh, when this happened, uh, he, he on that restart you guys mentioned, he was only on two and slid up the track in front of uh, Jonathan Poco, someone he's raced with a lot, and they race very close and very respectfully, but Jonathan said he would have almost, he would have probably wrecked him if it wasn't him because of how tight that block was. And Hunter, that opened the door for you to make it three wide there. I, and, that was how and, I got the lead? Yeah. I, didn't, I thought he was on yeah. four. I, th I thought, I, what I thought, in that restart, I was thinking go bottom with him and just... Cut Jonathan off. As long as I got in front of Jonathan, that's all that mattered. It was just, I got to get a good restart, and I thought he was on four, so I thought when they went to one, when Jonathan went high, I thought he just blocked him intentionally just on a four. I didn't know he was on two. I thought he was on four tires just throwing a block. <laughs> and I was like, okay. I mean, but yeah, that I would just, make sense. I just didn't understand. I was like, you're the leader. It was like four tires is just so much better than two. I think two. that was after the thirty something lap run, right? Yeah, it's like it's like it's like, dude, you have uh, to take four. Like if it's like a ten lap run, that's different. But you you just ran that many laps. I was like, dude, there's no way. Like even when I went to go pick my lane for the last restart for a run to go, I watched where he went, so I didn't go where he was. When he went to the bottom, I went to the top. Just because, I just, behind. just because I didn't want to be stuck behind a guy with two tires. Which actually paid off because I would have I went from like eighth to like fourth anyways, so that was nice. <laughs> so Donnie and Zach, what were you thinking when you saw Hunter pop out and make that move down the back straightaway and send it in two and three, uh, just ahead of you guys? On the white? Uh coming to I believe it was like five to go. Before I don't remember I start when he took two. Yeah. When him and uh, when Ethan and Jonathan made contact. The the last thing I remember 
is <laughs> avoiding a crash. I mean, I, I yeah, luckily I wasn't him. behind the wreck. I was below it, but I was glad to have passed it. Yeah, I I drove through it. I somehow dodged it. <laughs> I, I I mean, I literally you could literally go on board with my car and just see how close I was to everybody. I mean, I literally drove through the middle of it, dodged two cars spinning, a car flipping, car kicked to the left, drifted this entire front stretch, and then drove through the grass. That was the crazy. The only move. I was really paying attention to uh, was that very last restart, and I saw Chris and Zach had both selected the outside lane, and I thought for sure uh, Zach was going to shove the hell out of the 60, and that Chris was going to come around and take the win. And even though they didn't get through one and two like they like I imagined they wanted to, I still thought Chris was going to sail it off into three and take the win. <laughs> That's what I was focused on. Yeah, I mean, even like watching the choose, like I was like, all right, I was like, where's everybody gonna go? And then I seen, I seen the guy, uh, Ethan, take the guy who took the tires. I didn't want to be behind him. I was like, okay, he went to the bottom. And then I see everybody went to the bottom. I was like, the only car that didn't go to the bottom was Chris. I was like, okay, I'll take, I'll go ahead, j- jump two spots. I'll go ahead, restart fourth instead of, you know, you know, fifth in line. But. uh you know, I, I try. I timed it as perfectly as I could when when Peach went. It's just these cars in the 550. They just don't get up and go. These things just have no oof. So but I mean, I try. I try pushing Chris, but I, I, I that, car just nope. Nothing. I don't know. You maybe you didn't get a good start because I did. Because like I noticed Jonathan laid back, so I kind of just like I didn't like what he was doing. So I kind of braked a little bit and slowed my pace down from 60 down to 55 to get back to him and then went. So I've kind of probably checked up the inside. I don't know if that's probably prevents you from getting a better restart that I checked it up. I, I don't know. I wasn't in your position. I don't know. I mean, the only thing I was really hoping for was that you guys were going to either all wreck in front of me and I somehow dodge you guys or you guys were going to spin tires and no one spun them. So I was like, yeah, all right, Chris, well, I'm just going to rip them close. If Chris would have slid up and hit hit John that it would have took us all three out. Yeah, but like going down the back stretch, like watching, I was like, oh my god. I was like, alright, they're on another two wide. Me and Donnie are two wide. I was like, alright, I gotta pinch Donnie so he doesn't have a run off the corner. And then I had my run off but it's just, you guys didn't like hit each other or anything. You guys kept it clean and then, you know, the slight contact sent you to the apron, but... So yeah, it was quite the eventful race, all in all. I was yeah, pretty clean too. I was really impressed going into that. I I went in that race and people were saying over under how many cars did we get? I said probably eleven. I didn't know how many people. And next, no, we go in there, we're going a hundred and two laps. I'm like, we might not even get a yellow. I thought it was going to be a survival race before we went green, but the 100 laps, nothing. It went green, and I was like, this is wild. Yeah, I had on my notes here, I wanted to mention that you guys, (laughs) the first 100 laps weren't caution-free, so uh, what was that like, that full green flag run with a bunch of different strategies going on uh, throughout that first pit cycle and a little bit past it, too? Honestly, I, I, I was looking at lap times, and... I was, I was like, okay, I could gain essentially two lap or a second and a half to two seconds per lap if I cut them off. And uh, I was like, all right, instead of going, you know, 
58 laps of gas, which was the fuel tank. I was like, all right, I'll do 45. So I was like, all right, 10 to 15 laps, a little leeway. And I gained a bunch of time, and I led a few laps, like 10, 15 laps. And then once Parker and Ethan caught me, it was, it was just they were gone. But, you know, I ended up leveling out my tires after, like, or, you know, they leveled my tires out with theirs probably, like, 10 laps later after that, and I still maintained third. But after that, I mean, that was my, my first run was so awful with, with my tire. I mean, I was down to like ten percent, but my second run, I was up in the thirties. So down to ten. Yeah, my yeah, my first set of tires were awful. I, oh. I, I just, I just burnt them, but I still maintained third. I, I, like I said, I had to switch it up. So, you know, I ended up switching up how I ran and backing off a little bit more, coasting and diming the corner, and um, um, I ended up saving twenty percent of my tire, and I was still running you know, top top three speeds is just Parker and what's and uh Ethan were just five seconds ahead of me because of the pit pit time difference. So but no back back on your lap times I couldn't even watch mine. Like I was just such in a battle that it's like I was just so focused on where they were running and how they were I know we I know I didn't know us three checked out that far in the first run. And so I realized, like, wow, we're five seconds. Yeah, like, after, like, because I put it on lap 44 going to 45, and it was just like, yeah, I can't, I can't keep up. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to pit now. Hopefully, hopefully don't get screwed by anything. And, you know, I did way better second job on that second run, but they did a better job. They just, they just ran it all the way dry, all the way dry both times. And it seemed like it was going to be the winning move by them. I mean, yeah, I but, wanted to run it dry, but like I kept getting like, "Oh, your right rear is wearing down," and I'm like, "I don't know what this is at." I know the first one is like fifty percent, and then like the yeah. second one's like something. I'm like, "Yeah, I still, for, had, six, I still had like seven laps." I'm like, "I don't know where it's at. If this right rear goes, this car is done." Yeah, I'm like, and that was the thing. It was like, I don't want to pit early because I want to stay out because I was still maining gap with Ethan, and it was like, there's no reason to pit. I might as well pit with them, just run it out because I was like. This is at least a two-stop, maybe a three. I don't know if you stretch it out. I'd be a fuel mileage. And I was like, I'm just going to run it dry. And it's just like, oh, right rear is getting low. Right rear. I'm like, it's kind of scaring me because I don't know what it's at. Yeah, I, I was scared when it came on the second time. I was like, uh-oh. Yeah, I, was like, I, was like, I was like, I don't know if that's 25% or if that's 10%. I never heard that. I've never got so, that far in a run where it's been that low. Yeah, it's been a it very was... long time for me. For it to get that low. I've also noticed a lot of people were having tire issues. I mean, Jake blew a tire. He blew it twice. <laughs> I was in it. I was in there with Quims, and I noticed that he kind of like had tire issues. He didn't blow anything, but I think a lot of people were. That's this where is... pa- that's where patience and running the track matters more than trying to. It just was just so much time doing oh. that. And it was just. Thank you. It was just, it was, I I don't know. I I never experienced a Vegas race like that at all. It's uh, unique, to say the least. Hey, sorry, fellas. I'm going to go ahead and jump out of here. I got some uh, ice cream here. All right. What kind? Have a good one. What kind? What kind? Have a good one, fellas. Good racing. What kind? What kind? Oh, it's a vanilla churro. Ooh. I have some? Sure. <laughs>
<laughs> All the fast lane boys will get hooked up and get some <laughs> vanilla churro ice cream. Was that were all of us running the the JCTV sponsor or who else was running? Yeah, that? yeah my my, my oh, all three of us corner were? and on my mine's on like the rear end on top and then like the rear deck lid on the rear. Yeah, paper. I yeah I had Noah make that scheme for me literally yesterday. And he's like, "What sponsors do you want?" I was like, "Well, you could put Millsup Graphics because he usually makes because Jake usually makes most of my schemes." And then uh, I was like, "Throw JCTV on there," and then Noah's own graphic thing so i had two graphic sponsors in the race and then the jctv and he made it look good too he made he blended it very well so it looked good i'm not gonna lie donnie you and juicy were kind of getting on my nerves but you i, I didn't want to give you dirty air but the way y'all were blocking running the line no it's it's ju i could not pass <laughs> juicy he just i know and then i got stuck behind him and then you were sitting on my inside i'm like i want to get out this top and you were just sitting on the bottom <laughs> I was like, I just want to. I know I can get to Parker, and then I'm like, I just got to get around these. <laughs> I, was, I can't go nowhere. I felt the same way. I was like, move, Juice. Like I felt faster than Parker, and I just couldn't ever get the lead from him. I was just stuck. Like I could run high and just get a run, but I couldn't clear. And I was like, how do I go with this? <laughs> I don't know how I stacked up against the leaders, but. Uh, right there, the last couple restarts, I felt like I had a pretty good shot at the checkered. Yeah. But it was it was kind of hard to pass. Like, the it, the bottom lane is the preferred really line, but the outside was the best. It was more just run the middle and drive it down. It was, that was kind of how I was clear, but I just ran the middle and drove it down. I just couldn't... The problem is, it's just, I couldn't get, like, a big enough run. Just, like, I could pass y'all doing it, but... When I got the Ethan and Parker, it was just impossible. Because most of the time, I'll just drive it below y'all and just send it in there and hold the brake and let it just roll and just do it like a <laughs> mid-slide job and slide it in front of y'all. Now, let's go into JCTV picks. Alright, now let's recap a couple of weeks in JCTV picks, starting at Atlanta Motor Speedway, where Jonathan Canfield picked first, with Eric Amarola finishing 30th after blowing a tire in the lead for the 10 car. Michael Kruger picked the 7 of uh, Corey LaJoy and ended up winning that round with a 4th place finish, Josh. Dawson ended up picking Noah Gregson, who brought it home 12th. And myself, I went with Bubba Wallace. He brought it home 27th. Myself, Adam Kuhn picked the 17 Chris Buescher. He ended up 35th. And Cameron Caldwell picked the 24 William Byron, ending up th uh, 32nd. And then moving on to the next race at Circuit of the Americas. Yeah, I had first pick, and I went with A.J. Allmendinger. He finished 34th. Jonathan Canfield went with uh, the defending winner of the race, Ross Chastain. He finished 4th. I picked the two of Austin Sindrick, where he finished in 6th uh, position. And Cameron picked the 99 Daniel Suarez, where he finished in 27th. Dawson Allen, he picked Tyler Reddick. Tyler Reddick, of course, won the race, so Dawson Allen got the points for that. Michael Kruger, he chose last, and he went with Christopher Bell. Christopher Bell, he finished 31st. Next week at Richmond Raceway, uh, Jonathan Ganfield, he picked first. He went with Kyle Busch. He ended up in the 14th position. With Cameron uh, picking next, he chose Denny Hamlin, who brought it home in the 20th position. 
Michael Kruger chose Mark Truex Jr., who finished 11th. And myself, I chose Alex Bowman, who came home in 8th. I ended up getting my first win on the season with a 5th place finish, choosing the 4 of Kevin Harvick. And Dawson Allen uh, was in a good position with William Byron in the 24, but a crash late ended up relegating him to the 24th position. After that, we went to the Bristol Dirt, where Cameron Caldwell chose first with uh, Chase Briscoe, who ended up finishing fifth. And Adam, you went with Ricky Stenhouse Jr., who brought it home in fourth. Fourth place wasn't enough because Jonathan Canfield, he chose the 45 of Tyler Reddick, who finished the, finished in the second position. And Michael fin uh, chose the eight of Kyle Busch. He ended up in the 32nd position after a late spin. I went next and wide open was Kyle Larson, who uh, ended up finishing 35th, unfortunately. And then Dawson Allen, he chose Daniel Suarez, who finished 25th. Most recently at Martinsville Speedway, uh, Michael chose first with William Byron. He only mustered a 23rd place finish, uh, but Cameron chose Denny Hamlin, who was able to finish in the top five with the fourth. Dawson Allen chose Christopher Bell coming off of a race win from Bristol Dirt. Bell finished 16th, and Adam, you chose Mark Trix Jr., who finished third. Jonathan Canfield chose uh, the eight of Kyle Busch yet again, who finished in the 21st position. And right behind him was the 45 of Tyler Reddick in 22nd, which was chosen by uh, you, Josh. Well, that's been our picks from the last five races. Talladega coming up, it's going to be really hard to choose drivers for that one. 